Welcome to I'm a Talk About It. I'm Alicia E., empowerment coach and ancestral healer, and I'm here to teach you how to break generational cycles, self-advocate, and ascend to happiness without the guilt of wanting a better life for yourself. You don't have to choose the same path as those before you. You can choose a better way, your way. Because if we can each heal ourselves today, we can heal the world tomorrow together. Hello, hello everyone. It is amazing to be back. I know it has been a little bit of time between this episode and the last one. I have had many changes happen in my life. Um, I decided to move actually to the East Coast instead of to Texas. So that's cool. (laughs) But I needed some time to be able to do that. And, you know, I also took some space to heal and to reconnect with the earth and my ancestors, which led me on this beautiful journey with my best friend, Emily, which many of you know, if you follow me on Instagram. And I thought it would be really, really fun um, educational and just, you know, it might also inspire you in some way to continue to follow your dreams, especially as empowered people, whether you're FM or not, um, empowered people to really create change in the world. But it starts with us. It starts with us believing in ourselves and creating the capacity in our own lives to be able to experience something new and wholeheartedly choose ourselves. That is why, you know, we ended up taking this trip. Um, We had decided that we needed a fresh start. We wanted to start our lives over. Um, We were saying goodbye to our family and our friends. um, And going after our dreams and what that looked like. And both of us really love to travel and we do a lot of activist work. Um, For anybody who doesn't know, M is also a femme. She is also a white person. And so it's great that we can work together and create content and create information for people to learn from um, because we do need to have more conversations where we can have more diverse thought and create change rather than division. So it's been such a beautiful journey and today I really wanted to focus on part one of this trip because there's going to be multiple. Um, It was a really beautiful trip and has been going on for weeks, (laughs) almost a month, and there's a lot to share. And so for this episode, I'm really going to focus on um, the ancestral part of this trip um, and how the trip really started again, going back to that. And along our journey to reconnect with who we are on these new lives, we wanted to make sure that we were also showing up for our community, which meant showing up at protests as much as we could when we were in California and we saw that there was going to be a protest for Palestine in Washington, D.C. It was going to be a march on the White House and, you know, we had liberated ourselves. We didn't have any more attachments. You know, she ended up selling her condo um, and we had released a lot of our belongings. So (laughs) we were traveling light and we just had our dogs And we said, it's now or never. 
Um, and we believe in change. And so we booked that flight to get to Washington, D.C. so we could really be there for the Palestinian people and for Gaza and and create the change that we really wanted to see in this world and be visible. Like, I think that's a huge part of fighting against this genocide is that we are visible as much as we can, what can be, whether that's on social media or in our family or walking about the streets, right? Um, it's good to be visible so people do not forget what is happening across the seas in Palestine and the Congo and Sudan and many other countries and Yemen, right? People who are, are fighting for their lives. Um, and there's a power with being visible. There's a power in seeing so many people gather in one place in solidarity, in community, in love and in hope. And so we booked our flights and we went and shout out to Azure, amazing um, friend and healer and activist and soon to be doula, woo woo, um, who gave us some amazing suggestions on where to stay and some food places to eat. Like it was just all in good timing and we took the leap and we never looked back so we ended up traveling to washington dc and marching that day on washington and it was a really emotional event very very emotional there were so many people there from all walks of life speaking all different sorts of languages um dressed a certain way but it was very clear that everyone was there for Palestine um, and there were people who flew out from different countries to be there as well. Um, there were journalists from all over, photographers, artists, um, indigenous folks, like <laughs> there's so many people there. I don't even know how to explain it, but it was a very powerful moment and we were, we were where Martin Luther King had been as well doing um, his activist work not so long ago. And that moment in time was, it was very heartbreaking having to stand in a lot of the same places that many activists before us not so long ago, I keep saying that because it really wasn't that long ago, um, had stood and, you know, fight, fought for, the freedoms that we have now and it was just a reminder to continue to keep going and that there's still so much work to do in this world and complacency is a dangerous thing to be around um and you know when we took this trip we had decided that we were no longer going to be around friends and family members who were complacent who were too worried about themselves and how their flowers were growing and how to entertain people in their house and having to ask them for permission to sit in their living room. Like we, we'd gotten to this point where we were like, fuck that we're leaving. And again, like it's now or never. And we decided to leave and we ended up at this March and so there was 
a moment, many moments during the time we were in DC because we were there for a few days um, that were also very inspiring, learning about the history and also just seeing the massive amount of people who were there shouting, yelling, stomping, playing music, bringing their drums. There were children singing and dancing. There were children leading in chants um, and people were carrying them on their shoulders, giving them microphones. They were leading so powerfully and so it was very inspiring to also see other generations being so far ahead already um and it really just gave us a sense of hope um and belief in this next generation that's coming and that we really can all do this together you know and people were pushing their strollers had their animals like no matter what people were going to be there and it was obvious why they were there. And so even though there were many moments where we did feel a lot of worry and had a lot of concern, it was, it was very eye-opening. And Emily and I are actually going to do another podcast episode on the event itself because there were a lot of beautiful things at that event, but there were also quite a few misses that I think many people could learn from and we can expand on as healers and leaders and we had the pleasure of again I feel like all of this was in just divine alignment Um, they had journalists that were in Palestine speaking and in Gaza speaking live um, or they had recorded videos but there weren't any translations. And that was a huge, huge miss to hear from the people themselves. And we just so happened to be standing next to two people, one who only spoke English and another one who was translating for their friend what was being said on the monitor. And it just like moved us to tears to hear, you know, the journalists speak about how much love they feel seeing us show up for them every single day and that it it gave them hope every single minute to not give up on their own life, to not give up on their job, to not just give up in general. And, you know, one of the main messages was that you should never underestimate the power of one person's voice or your voice in general, because it it will literally save lives. And I wish (laughs) that the whole crowd could hear all of the things that they were saying and just speaking about wanting to live in dignity and to have food and that every day they were praying and just so grateful for everybody on the other side, even though they couldn't be with them. Um, that their love was felt and that they were putting it out there that they would be able to see us again. And it makes me emotional just to want to talk about it. But I was so grateful in that moment to have like a moment to be able to stand next to a translator who was sharing that the whole time because the crowd didn't know. (laughs) And the person who would come on stage would give like, a short synopsis of, you know, like, oh, they said they're really grateful, but it was, it was not to the depth of how they were actually expressing themselves. And 
you know, there were a lot of speakers that they probably could have cut out <laughs> too, to be honest. But Emily and I, are, again, are going to talk about that because I could go into that for a very long time. But I wanted to share that because it just was a really powerful moment and we wouldn't have been able to experience that and to stand with these people if we didn't follow our intuition, if we didn't believe in doing generational healing and believe in activism and changing the world and healing our ancestors and working with our ancestors. All of that work led us to that exact moment that felt like it was heartbreaking, but it was also a gift at the same time to have that translator there. And so I wanted to make sure that that message was also shared with the world, with the world that, you know, their voices are not forgotten, even if there wasn't a translator there and not everybody could understand and how much like also we could also do a better job at learning other people's languages to be able to understand um, and communicate with each other in a whole different way. But what was powerful was that we were all there in community and that is a universal language of being together, of dancing um, and celebrating liberation and believing in something larger than ourselves. And where we stayed in Washington, D.C., we, we stayed at a few places, but another hotel that we stayed at, um, very beautiful location, like right on the water. And of course, like that was so, it just, I'm telling you, the ancestors were just guiding, ev guiding us every step of the way. Um, but it was a place where Harriet Tubman had actually crossed with slaves and some of them made it and some of them did not. And whoo, that's harder to talk about. <laughs> um, it was really, really hard, really hard. And we were there also on Martin Luther King Day. And, you know, we connected with the land as much as we can, when, as much as we could. <laughs> it was also snowing. Um, and I had a hard time keeping it together. Um, not that I needed to keep it together, but I had just decided and my friend and I decided that we were going to stay inside and have some time to heal and release and reflect on everything that we had experienced at the march and the location that we were at, um, being with that ancestral energy and seeing the place that it was now like and just what gentrification is is just wild but it was like being in multiple timelines at once because you have that emotional and deep ancestral connection to what was going on and standing in that same place it was almost like you could feel it and hear it but yet you wouldn't fully understand it but if you're, you know, African um, or identify as black, you would have a better understanding. But even then, it's hard to fully understand what our ancestors truly went through um, 
which is why I appreciate my gifts to be able to, you know, be with ancestors in that way and share in emotions. Um, and we spent a lot of time releasing that day. Uh, I cried, I wrote, I ate. Um, (laughs) I think in one of my reels, you, you might see me sleeping on the ground. Um, I was grounding myself. We were on the top floor and there was a window. And so I, I put all of my blankets and pillows on the ground and we ordered like a couple carafes of hot water and drank tea and we ate and we took naps and we just allowed our bodies to do whatever they needed to do in that moment. Um, because it was a lot, there was frustration and anger for white supremacy and colonialism and having to experience this and what MLK had gone through and just that we're still fighting. There's also a lot of pain and sorrow. Um, but there was also a lot of hope. And so it was a lot to have in our energy and in our bodies. Um, but it was an honor. It was a huge, 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 huge honor. And I just, yeah, (laughs) I don't even know what to say. I'm so grateful because even though we didn't plan our trip to start that way, it was such a gift, a very divine gift to to be there, like I said. Um, And just ancestral land is just, (laughs) it makes you speechless. If you haven't really tapped into where your lineage is from or where your lineage has been, I would definitely do it. There's, there's nothing like it. Um, and it was an honor and also motivational to myself and my own products and the generational healing that I offer to people and what I'm ready to bring into the world as well. And, you know, having, a connection to speaking and being in places where MLK had been and fought and continuing to remember that one person can make the biggest impact on the entire world if they just take the risk, if they just speak from the heart um, and forget for just a moment that (laughs) the world exists in that moment. You just allow that energy to flow, allow your truth to flow, allow your heart to be revealed. That is what he did. Um, He existed in love and that's why he was also so impactful. That's why many activists, black activists were so impactful because they did it out of love for their community and their family and their ancestors before them. And like I've said on Instagram, um, Black folk and brown folk are really good at creating community. Um, And it's not because we've had to. (laughs) It's because it's a part of who we are. Um, It's a part of how our ancestors lived in community. It takes a village. And colonialism changed that. And so it was beautiful to also see at this march so many people coming together in community um, in a very ancestral energy as well. 
to speak up for each other, right? It, it takes a village and we're all impactful in our own way. And so just a little bit more of a backstory. I'm not going to have this one be too long um, because I do want to break it out because I, I don't want to rush <laughs> some of the things that I want to talk about. Um, so our drive through the South, so it started in Washington, D.C., and we had this really strong pull, like a calling, <laughs> you would say, to make the drive through the South. And I immediately started freaking out. <laughs> you know, I was like, ancestors, <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know if I can do that. Um, and I remember speaking to one of my friends Um, his name is Elith and he's really sweet, very spiritual, very kind, um, quirky, (laughs) kind of (laughs) looks, he's great. He tattooed his, the whites of his eyes black. He's just very talented. Um, I remember speaking to them because we've both done readings on each other and, you know, even though I felt like I was protected there is still that real tangible fear of being a black person traveling through the South um, and being in places that you're not wanted at all and what that would look like and what would need to happen for me to feel comfortable doing that and how to plan for it. What would we need? What would we do in case of emergency if we needed? How many stops are we going to make? Where are we going to stop? Um, And, you know, he was like, Alicia, you are so protected. (laughs) And just reminding me of the ancestors that are constantly around me. And a reminder that, you know, I wasn't doing it alone. I was doing it this time with my best friend, Emily, who wanted to do it too. Um, And who I literally trust with my life. Um, and you know, I've gone on many trips with other people and other people who are not black, um, other, you know, white presenting people. And she has a way of just being an amazing friend and an amazing ally and made it very (laughs) clear to me every single day. Um, you know, whatever you want to do, Alicia is what we're going to do like your safety is priority. Like she knows that she can go anywhere. She's white, (laughs) but it wasn't about that. It was about me in that instance and the difference in privilege. And so it was a very honoring and almost humbling (laughs) experience. I feel like, um, to have a really amazing friend who could show up in that capacity because I, I do have a, I do have other friends who I'm no longer talking to that much who, you know, do present as white and other ethnicities as well. And they dump on me all the time, all the time texting and asking for things and oh me, oh my, um, and not once asking how I'm doing and, you know, going through the personal journey that I had gone through with my breakup and evolving my business, 
I had realized that there were some (laughs) folks around who I really needed to cut ties with. And I had decided, you know, while in DC and also while leaving California, that that was going to come to an end. And I was grateful that I did that because it allowed me to also, you know, build this really beautiful friendship with my friend, Emily, who is literally the best (laughs) person in the whole world, ride or die, very, very protective. Um, And, you know, sometimes it's easy to gaslight yourself as a person of color, uh, but she validates every experience and, you know, was like, you should be angry. You shouldn't be getting treated like this. And so it made the journey a lot easier. And, you know, if you're a black or brown person, you know, when you walk into a space, sometimes you're looking around, you're reading the room, trying to figure out how many white people are in there, um, how many brown and black folks are there, what people look like, how they're dressed. Like it's survival. That's something we have to do. And not many white people do that. They don't even know about it. Um, and (laughs) she was doing the same thing and I actually, I was doing my scans, but then, you know, at one stop I was looking at the sign because (laughs) there were two fences and it was like a gator watch and I was like, good grief, (laughs) what a drive. Um, and then I had said something to her and she was like, oh no, like it's okay. I'm going to keep an eye out on people, you know? And I was like, wow, like I can even take a breather (laughs) because someone physically has my back. Um, And so it just was a really beautiful experience. And to also just honor the coming together of not just ourselves as friends, but like our own ancestors coming together, like working together together to also get us in a space, my me and my best friend in a space where we could be together, where we could hang out together and she would provide safety for me and I would provide, you know, safety for her. Um, and it was just amazing. And, you know, of course it made me emotional just thinking about how, not even how far we've come because there's still so much work to do, but thinking about how my mom and, you know, her siblings and their parents, they couldn't stop at the gas stations that we could stop at. Um, My mom's best friend, you know, fleeing Texas because there were lynchings in his front yard. And lynchings are still happening just so people are aware. (laughs) Like, that's not something that went away. Um, But being able to go and experience that in a different sense of safety was a gift. And it doesn't mean that it's safe for everybody by any means. Um, But it, yeah, it was just, it was an experience and I wouldn't change it for the world. And I'm glad that, you know, we were guided to take that journey and, to begin and I'm going to have some more fun things coming for you because while we were on our drive, so if you haven't looked at a map, um, DC to Texas, (laughs) there's quite a few States (laughs) that you pass through. So 
we went from Washington, D.C., drove through Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, and then ended up in Texas. Um, and we ended up going actually to a concert there as like, um, you know, we did it. <laughs> we made it. Um, and it, y'all, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> like, I, I wish I could share my emotions through the microphone with you all because it just was phenomenal. And there were a lot of magical ancestral things that also happened. Like, how it seemed that every single town that we stopped in or slept in, we ended up where Martin Luther King was. And I don't always believe in coincidence. So it was a journey of a lifetime and I am excited to share it with you all. Um, and also just talk about some more ancestral stuff. Oh, I do want to share one thing that was really great um, for anyone who hasn't been to North Carolina. I definitely would go. Um, a good friend reminded me that that was also where a lot of our ancestors came to the U.S. Um, were stolen. Let's be clear. They were taken and then came to the U.S. as in not voluntarily. Um, they were in the Carolinas and, you know, we had spent some time there before we did the Washington DC trip and connected with the land. And that also helped, um, before this big trip, figuring out where we wanted to go next, but also we went to this really beautiful town where Emily had a friend who was so sweet and let us stay in their house for free. It was amazing. <laughs> it was so great. Such a gift. I'm telling you, y'all, like this, I don't even know what this journey is, but it's just magical. Um, they allowed us to stay at their house and not too far away, there was a nature preserve, had birds, and off to the side, it was also an old plantation, and a lot of that land was plantation land. And so it was really powerful and we were able to walk through there and yeah, as a medium, <laughs> it was wild, um, but it was, it was great experiencing ancestors in that way and going to the water and on our last day there, um, before our big trip, we built an outdoor altar for them. We brought lots of fruit, um, mango, you know, things that our ancestors really liked, things that maybe they didn't have that we could share with them. Um, our abundance now giving back to them. And we collected all of the elements while we were there. And there was like this really pretty rock formation in one of the hills and it was kind of grown like grown over with moss and it kind of sat within these tree trunks and it just was very beautiful and ancestral and so that's where we built it and we collected shells um and placed them there and did our meditations and spoke to them and spoke to the water because it was right on the water and it was it was really great it was really great to be able to 
connect with the ancestors in that way, in such peace, and to say thank you. Um, I think a lot of people forget to do that. Like they, like I think there's a misconception one about working with your ancestors. Like once they're at rest, then you shouldn't disturb them. But your ancestors are actually trying to talk to you all the time, <laughs> in most cases which is why I do the work that I do, the ancestral tarot readings. And it was nice to be able to be with them in a different energy and talk to them and give them gifts and say thank you for all of the support that they've given to us all along the way and, you know, what they were going to do, which we didn't even know about um, on our journey and I invite you all to do that, to say thank you to your ancestors regularly, to keep your altars clean, to go out in nature, um, be amongst the woods if you can, be near the water and disconnect from technology and colonialism for, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, because it's so needed for the journey that we're all on right now. Um, some people call it an awakening, whatever you want to call it. It's an important journey. Um, the tides are turning. Many people can feel it. And there's a lot of work to be had. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of connection to your ancestors um, that are needing to be connected to. So it's important that you make time for yourself, for your healing and to be with the earth, be with Gaia, be with Pachamama, um, and allow it to support you. And if for some reason you are wanting that extra connection, you can check the episode on my podcast uh, where I I sing the earth lullaby. <laughs> it was after I'd come out of a hospital from being really sick. And I went, I did the same thing. I, I went to the water and I connected and that beautiful song came out as a return to the earth is what they were asking us to do. Um, and so you can go check that out. And I think I'm going to end this here because I really, again, I want to go slow and share everything thoroughly from this trip. Um, and just be honest. <laughs> Um, and not everything has to go into one episode, even though I want to, even though I want to talk forever and ever and ever and ever, but, um, I'm not going to do that. So thank you all so much. And if you haven't already done so, go grab my book. Woo. It's officially out. Um, and those of you who were on the first round you also get access to a very special workshop that's going to be coming i'm not going to announce the name yet um, but it is going to be free for you and a few things down the road attached to the empowered feminization that i'm also not saying um, you will have access to that as well it's a surprise and for those of you who haven't bought it please do so it is amazing i appreciate all of the support and maybe my story will inspire you to share your story and really live in a place of unconditional love for yourself um, and your community and just allowing your journey to unfold however the fuck it wants to unfold there is no right or wrong way or what it should look like how it should feel 
it all happens in divine timing as it should. Your ancestors are there every step of the way. Sometimes you got to let the pieces fall to the ground before you can build it back up. So please do um, buy the book. I will list it in the show notes. And if you are wanting that one-on-one coaching, please let me know. I have spots in More Than Worthy. It's also in the show notes. Or if you just want 60 minutes of inner child healing and space held for you, Um, That is available as well in a fly with me session. So I am sending you all lots of love and lots of light. Thank you so much for showing up for me, for showing up for yourself and showing up for the community. And that is it, my friends. Love you so much. Hey, if you're ready to ascend to happiness and live the life you've always wanted, join me in my Empowered Living Facebook group for socially conscious healers, witches, and spirituals, and sign up to get my free Empowered Five Practices to Ascended Happiness Guide. It's helped others expand their consciousness and soar beyond sight, sound, and imagination in just one day. It's the catalyst you need to embrace your magic and change the world. Just click the link in the show notes and I'll see you in the group next time.